You're listening to the Let's Be Frank podcast, episode number four. On today's episode, we are going to welcome Rockets drummer extraordinaire, Simon Wernofsky. I said that right, right? Yeah, you got it. All right. Simon, welcome. What's up? Um, the first thing we're going to do is I'm going to cut that um out. The first thing we're going to do is, uh, when did you start playing music? About what age? Uh, so I think I must have been... This was... Age is hard. It was it was definitely fifth grade. I don't know how old most people are in fifth grade. Was it always drums or? Well, it's it's actually a funny story. So I went in. Um, I'd only been in like the Fort Washington school district or the Upper Dublin school district for a year before that. Really, a half a year. I came in halfway through fourth grade and decided I wanted to join the school band because my dad plays music and you know it was always something I wanted to do. Um, but I really wanted to play the trumpet. Um, don't tell Billy that. <laughs> but. <laughs> I always you hear that, to play Billy? The trumpet. trumpet. Yeah. Um, but when I got there, you know, I was a year or two behind because the kids in the school district started, um, you know, learning basic music reading in like third grade, I think, and um, they started getting into their instrument in fourth grade. So I was way behind the curve. So um, the band director, uh, Mr. Karshner, was, um, you know, basically told me that you know you're a little bit behind and. We also don't have any more school trumpets to lend out for you. Um, but why don't you start with percussion? Because it'll give you a basic foundation of reading music um, and rhythms and get you sort of into the program and stuff. So, And then, he, you know, when we get a new school trumpet, like, we'll move you to that. So I was totally cool with that. So I started playing drums. And I guess it was probably halfway or three-quarters of the way through the school year. Um, he... You know, pulls me aside and says, "Hey, so we got another school trumpet in. Um, if you want to keep, if you want to do that, that's awesome. Um, but you should keep playing drums." So I said, oh, "Okay, you know, um, <laughs> I didn't, I, you know, I wasn't going to argue with this guy." Um, and my, you know, my, I think it was my great grandfather played drums. Um, and there's there's a lot of drummers in in the family, so you know, I stuck with it. And I think uh, when I got to middle school, our band director was actually a drummer, um, Sean Kennedy. Um, and I owe pretty much everything in my drumming career to him. Because um, having a band director that's a drummer is a lot different than being a drummer with a band director who you know might be you know a trumpet player or something like that. They, he right. was just very relatable. Turned me on to some really good drummers. Um, and you know I wanted to start playing drum set at that point. And he said that you know he's gonna you know we kept doing the concert band and, and the music reading, but then you know we progressed to drum set. Um, and it worked out perfectly because that was the first year that he decided to start a jazz band in the middle school. Nice. There's always been one in the high school, but they're never going to the middle school. So I got to actually play drums with other people, which when you're first learning how to play drums, it's not all you don't always get that right. kind of um, opportunity. Um, and I was really bad. I was, uh, <laughs> in my opinion, there are two kinds of two kinds of musicians. There's the guy who has all the natural ability and is just you know. Uh, and is just amazing. And then there's the guy who is absolutely terrible and just has to work their ass off. I was the second one because I had no ability whatsoever. But it was something that I liked. So I, you know, I kept playing and, uh, yeah, here we are. See, when my kid, when my youngest son was in, uh, I want to say, fifth grade, he tried out, he joined what their school band was. Mm -hmm. It was a public school in Philly and they played on buckets. <laughs> so right. it never really stuck with them. I actually, like, I actually helped teach an after-school program. For I a little bit. It was wished, buckets. I wished he would have stuck with something because now all he does is play video games. Yeah, he oh, just he, like his dad. 
Well, Dad goes out a little bit. Dad, you know, Dad drinks Miller Lite from December twenty first in Pete's yeah, basement. How's that, how's that it's really awful. It's and I can't stop um, drinking it. The thing I think Joe Jonas, man. <laughs> we have we have Peanut Gallery Pete. Yes, in Pete the is here. Yeah. Pete will be joining us a little later on as he does chime in from and right in the back. Right now he's just giggling and Snapchatting. So <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, but I think the thing that really, um, you know, took my drumming to sort of. A place where I thought, hey, you know, I want to keep doing this was when I got to high school and found marching band, which sounds really corny as to most people, but it was um, it was definitely the first time that I really found something that I was, you know, infatuated with as far as music goes. What high school? Uh, Upper Dublin. Okay. Yeah, we, that's way up. We were, yeah. I mean, the high school band was okay. Um, I had, you know, I, I was fortunate enough. The band director um, turned me on to drum and bugle corps early on because you know I liked the marching band thing but I didn't really know what the next level of that was and he showed me old you know 1999 2000 videos of the crossmen the cadets um, all these yeah and being able to see that on such a high level I remember just saying I want to do that I'm going to do that so you know we had a, um, a drumline instructor who um, you know was the epitome of he never really made those good drum chord snare lines. He never really did right. any. I don't want to say anything of value because he was probably one of the best instructors I've ever had because he taught me the right way to practice. Um, or he taught me how to take what I had learned on drum set and how to practice that and apply it to technique um, and that kind of thing with drum oh, chord. We're going to influence that into the band now, right? Well, right. <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's learning how to do that. I mean, it's I use it every day for the Rockets, too. I have to learn this you know, this right. pop song that, you know, yeah, whatever. But I know that if I sit in my basement, you know, playing upbeat dance grooves for an hour, no. Um, but, like, I know how to learn that song. You know, some people will just listen to the song and say, I've got it. Well, I, you know, go downstairs and practice it. And, like, occasionally we'll get a song that has a cool drum part in it that I'm like, oh, I can't play that. I have to somehow learn how to play this. That's when you're playing music from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Well, no, the fun... Well, this is... <laughs> Yeah, this, well, no, so this was funny. So, so we learned, uh, I guess, pretty early on in the Rockets, when I was with the Rockets, um, we learned um, that new, pa what Paramore song is Ain't it? Ain't It Fun. Ain't It Fun. And I remember listening to it and going, all right, this is an easy song, whatever, and then sitting down to play it, because, you know, typically the songs we play don't have the most elaborate <laughs> percussion yeah. drum parts ever. Yeah. But I remember sitting down and, and playing along and getting, that, getting to the verse and going, wait a second. What is that? <laughs> and I had to sit down and like, oh, I, oh, right, I have to like learn how to play this verse beat. So, so before you got into like after high school, before you got into a cover band, you worked for Apple. Well, right? I did <laughs> a little. I, I did a, a number of things. I, um, I, I'm the the total millennial. I don't know what to do with my life kind of guy. So I'm just gonna find this is fun. I'm gonna do this. So. <laughs> I'm sure we're getting into the college thing later, but long story short, uh, I was a cultural anthropology major in college. What the fuck is that? Uh, well, right. But it's basically <laughs> it's basically the study of, of humanity, human uh, evolution, that kind of thing. Um, oh. It's in a nutshell. It's a lot more broad. Right. Archaeology is a subfield of it. Okay. Um, but my goal was that I loved um, photography and videography and movie making, and what I wanted to do was do documentary film work. So, okay. The way I looked at it, which, you know, I was doing a lot of drinking and drumming in college, more so than, <laughs> more so than, you know, focusing on my degree, but hey, I still graduated, it only took five years. Um, it's not bad. Yeah, but the idea was that learn 
take the degree that I got in college, which was basically learning how to study culture and subculture and then make documentary films. Okay. That was kind of where I was going with that. And right after college, um, I did a lot of freelance videography work. Um, and kind of learning the business almost killed it for me. Really? Like, if, I don't know if you've ever done anything like that where, like, this seems awesome and then you learn, you see the background of it and you're kind of like... I might have some experience <laughs> with that. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like, there was a lot more, yeah, there was a lot more, yeah, right, There's a lot more bullshit in that industry and stuff that made it almost not fun for me. Right. So, it wasn't terrible, but it's just not something that I really saw myself devoting my life to. So, the Total total Whiteout started in college, though, right? No, no, no. No, no that no. was after college. Yeah, so, so uh, fast forward. The, you so after that, made it through college. Right, so after that, I started working for Apple. Um, right. So, I did freelance stuff for a while, then started working for Apple, um... And it's definitely the best job I've ever had. Right. Um, but a lot of people turn it into a career, um, which I think you could do. It's one of the only retail jobs that I think you actually could make a career out of. Um, I, I don't. I spent a lot of time trying to find other things at Apple that I could do to combine the stuff I like. Like, hey, I like music, so maybe I can find a way to teach this, you know, whatever garage band session, and <laughs> or maybe I can shoot <laughs> photography and do videos for the store. And like, it was just, it was a lot of trying to make. A mountain out of a molehill yeah. for me um, and it was really funny because right as I got right as I hit my breaking point where I was like okay it's time to find something else to do I got a random phone call <laughs> Pete's giggling because he knows where this is going <laughs> I got a random phone call from a good friend of mine from college um, named Devin who happened to be dating Pete McCartney at the time I hadn't talked to her in what, uh, <laughs> I hadn't talked to her in a really long time. I honestly um, thought Devin was a guy because I was gonna say now Pete dates Jay, yeah. but nobody knows about that. <laughs> but anyway, so she called me up and she said, um, I have a really weird question for you. Do you still play drums? And she was in the blue band with me, um, in college, so I was kind of assuming she meant marching percussion. Um right. and I said, Well yeah, um, I still teach, I don't really play much. She's like, I mean like drum set. I was like, Oh well, yeah. Um, which was a total lie. Um, I hadn't touched... My kit was collecting dust somewhere, but, you know. I I was thinking she was calling to see if, like, some, like I needed to fill in for a gig or something. So I was like, yeah. yeah. She's like, well, my boyfriend's band, um, they're a full-time band, the cover band, and they just lost their drummer. Um, is that something you'd be interested in? Um, and long story short, you know, I kind of figured out that when she said full-time cover band, it actually meant full-time right. cover band, not, oh, on Saturday we're going to go play... You know, yeah. You know, bumfuck. Actually, real yeah, shows. Right. Yeah, and exactly. And then Pete started sending me pictures of them because this was over the summer. Just I was Pete like, would Pete would yeah just, Pete would drunk oh text God. me pictures from the Bob on Court <laughs> stage. He's like, "This is what you could do, man." And blah blah blah. So, um, but anyway, I went and auditioned, and um, I didn't play great because I hadn't really played in a really long time, um, and I didn't know I didn't realize at the time how serious it was. So I didn't know the material as well. I should have. Long story short. Um, they weren't. They liked me a lot as a person, especially because after the audition, we went to Maniunk and proceeded to get. Oh, I gotta chime in. Oh god! Wasn't this the same? Didn't you lock your keys in the car? Oh yeah, the... yeah, that was a good one too. Right after the audition, I went to leave and say, "See you oh, guys, god. who I just met, and my keys so were locked." Why in my car. he locked his keys in his car? We were so excited that the four of us just left him at Eric's house to go talk about why he was sitting at Eric's house with his keys in the car. That's yeah. phenomenal. Right. Anyway, yeah. But anyway, so after that, we went and got drunk in Maniunk and ended up on my balcony drinking Jack out of the bottle. So everyone sort of just, we all got along pretty yeah. pretty immediately. Um, 
And then I went back and auditioned again, and like, oh, they're serious. So I, you know, actually put in some work and did well. And then got a phone call from uh, Eric, like, two days later, saying, hey, we want you to be our drummer. And I walked into the office and put in my two weeks. Um, and the cool thing about Apple is, like, they were genuinely excited for me. They weren't, like, pissed oh, really? I was leaving. They were like, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that's how I got into the cover band scene. That was total whiteout. That was total And that whiteout. was, how long? That was four, four years, years ago? ago? Four years ago, I think. Well, no, they, I mean, how long did the band last? Like, how long did total whiteout last? So we did... You guys. Well, you guys. Let's think. So we did, did we do one? So I finished out that summer with total whiteout, and then we did one more summer. And then October yeah, of that year. Would have quit in August. Yeah. Did you play in the summer? Yeah, I did. My first. My first. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So these are. So my first. My first ever shows with a cover band. Uh, were my first show was um, headlining at the OD main stage. Um, which back then was a huge deal. Which for yeah, four years ago, especially for that, was a big deal. And then my second show was Secrets. Which anyone listening Jesus. that plays Secrets knows that it's three 60-minute sets on a pretty big stage. This was the main... This was after the yeah. big room was mm-hmm. built. Okay. Um, and then... Then was a... <laughs> Total War that used to play a Thursday night opening set for Love Seed Mama Jump at the Rudder. Christ. And then we were done. So we played for 45 minutes right. and we were done. So that was a shit show. <laughs> and then... <laughs> and then the next... Then that Friday we headlined a court jam. So those are my first four shows ever in a cover band, having Jesus. not played drum, having not played drum set in probably five years. No, so that was fun. Nothing was, small. Yeah, jumping in the fire. Oh. Um, so then we did. So we did that. That was like half a summer for me, and then we did one more summer, and then in October is when the band uh, split up, and Pete and I joined the rock. So that second that second summer you were in a band is when you met us. Yeah, the second less. summer was your, was the Rockets' first summer in Dewey. Right, and you met us. We ran into each other a couple times at La Costa while you guys were at the OD. Right, and then we played a couple cork jams with you. You, you drunk fools would bring over shots to us. And oh, then, excuse then our, me. Then our guys would come over there and really return the favor tenfold. And yeah. Yeah, those were some... I believe some, this was the summer of fighting fire with fire. I yeah. believe so. So, was it... How did you go from White Out to the Rockets? Um, so, the... It's a long story, but I'm going to shorten it because I keep telling long stories. Um, Reader's Digest version. So as so, I mean, public information. That's nothing new. That Eric um, was offered a spot in Go Go Gadget. Um, right. And one thing that we kind of talked about, you know, we had discussed trying to find a new, someone to replace Eric. Um, but one thing that we kind of have seen in other bands is that when you start changing changing lineups from a product that was good, um, everyone knows. You know that band that you used to watch back in the day, who they got a new guitar player, and a new lead singer, and they were never quite what they were. And we were at a point that we were, you know, we were an up and coming band, and you know, in this process of trying to decide whether or not um, we wanted to continue, you know, we talked about continuing with just the four of us. Um, we talked about trying to find a replacement. Um, but I think all of us were kind of in the same position where we wanted to keep doing music, but we didn't know if this product was going to be... We didn't want to be disappointed with right. what followed that. Mm-hmm. and Because it was basically starting us about a year or two bef- earlier as far as the band progress went. Um, and I don't think any of us really wanted to do that. Um, so the long and the short of it, you know, talking to those guys, you know, I had heard rumblings that they were thinking about getting a new drummer. I didn't really have any background on why 
that was happening. Which, the rockets? Yeah, okay. and I didn't want to, I really didn't want to pry too much because I, right. I, you know, yeah. hey, can I join your band? Like, you know, it wasn't <laughs> anything like that. But, um, you know, I, I know that, um, I think that JT and Derek had reached out and saying like, you know, I think we might be auditioning new drummers if you're interested. And I'm like, well, I'm in a position right now where, you know, I'm looking for options. Um, so, you know, that happened. We went and auditioned and... Now we're here. Now we're rockets. Started from somewhere and now we're here. I don't want to say the bottom because, you know. No, not really the bottom. It's, you know, but. What out, what out, you know, I found, it was funny. Pete and I were going through old videos on my phone the other day. And, you know, I didn't want to make this podcast about, too much about Total Whiteout. But we were going through, we were going through videos on our phone and we found one from, um, where in Ohio was that? Uh, Uh, Putin Bay. Putin Bay in Ohio. And it was, it was a funny place to play. Um, we could, the rockets could never play there because the five of us could barely fit on this stage. So take the Clarendon, <laughs> take the Clarendon Grill stage, make it a little right. bit smaller, and then put it up on top of the bar, kind of like Ooh. 1440, but not as high. Ooh. I'm just saying, I have faith in Big Dave on that stage. Well, yeah, that's true. Really I think if anyone that, could step us on there, Dave Is that the place that you go when you play the whole weekend? Yeah, yeah you play two days because it's just far. Right. You have to go through okay. Sandusky, Ohio. It's pretty funny. Uh, but anyway, they put you up. They put you up in these basically like dorms. And we were in these two rooms that are like dorm rooms in the basement of this dorm. And whenever we stayed overnight, it was the uh, it was the cause to play a game called Rampage. Um, have you heard the of video this game? game? No, Rampage Beer oh. Pong. With what? Rampage Beer Pong. Have you ever no, heard of this I game? know the Rampage video game with like Godzilla climbing up the yeah. building. So the idea is this: is that it's is it 20, 21 cup, right? I think so. Twenty one cups per side and three people per team. Um, but instead of filling up the cups with beer, you can fill them up with pretty much whatever you want. Oh God! So the way it worked is we'd have a, you know, we have some rum and cokes, and they weren't super strong or anything. Right. A couple beers, but there would be always one bomb cup, which was like, we would mix. It was you know, if you lose Scary Mary, if you mix gin and vodka, just something terrible on each side. Right. Um, and that's basically how it worked. Um, <laughs> but we found this video of us playing this game, and you know, it, it took me back that like we were a very, very, very young band that had a lot to learn, and it's stuff that I know I've learned in the past couple years. I think we were a fantastic band, and we were really, we were very close. We were really good friends, which gave us, um, you know, which gave us energy on stage um, from that. But I think we were a very immature band, just because right. we had gotten thrown into, and this is coming from someone who's only in the band for a year and a half, but I think that the band got thrown into these big venues really quickly without really sort of learning about how to do this as a business. We were just having fun. We were getting wasted right. every night and playing. I think I, I was I think back to how much we used to drink and get on stage and perform. I there's no possibility of me ever being able to do that in this band. No, I don't I, I just I, I don't know how I did it. You know, I I I like to think that we didn't sound terrible, but thinking about how much we used to drink and get on stage, there's no way we sounded good. Yeah, the epic I dropped all my sticks and instead of grabbing new ones I'm gonna play with my hands because I didn't think anyone would notice. But uh, wow. As much that, that I wish I had yeah. seen, but I think all of us, you know, I I can only speak for myself, but I know that I'm sure that Pete and Eric have also learned being in other bands that you know we've grown up a lot and learned the right way to approach this as a business. Well, yeah, because it has to be at this point. Yeah. Um, wow. 
Playing drums with your hands. <laughs> you were there. It was at a rocket show. The last thing I remember... Was, was it really? The last yeah. thing I remember is Derek handing me uh, like my ninth fireball shot on stage. Oh, wow. But it wasn't Derek's fault because apparently people kept handing them to, handing them to us after that. But we all yelled at Derek what, the next what, day because he was the last uh, person we remember. What club was it at? That was the cork. It was the cork. Oh, <laughs> it was nice well, that, cork. that explains it. If yeah. anyone knows any of us in Total Whiteout, this, that night, you can just... I'll, I'll put it in perspective for you. The only one who wasn't drunk... Or the only one who was drunk, not drunk enough to actually still perform was Kevin Franklin. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, from there to the Rockets, you've been in the Rockets. It'll be, this will be my third, was this will be our third summer? Third summer. Third summer. Wow. Third summer. Damn. So, of all the places you've played, we, we've played a lot of places yeah. in those three summers. What's your three favorite places with the Rockets? I think... Those are in... So I, I have different categories, and I have a top one in each of those categories. Okay. I think that um, as far as big venues to play, you can't go wrong with the Bottle and Cork um, or the Rudder. Um, those are probably two of my top ones for the big places. Right. Because um, Bottle and Cork is always amazing. Um, but you also have, on the nights that it gets really packed at the, the Rudder, you have, you know, that same kind of feeling. Yeah. Um, Plus, the, plus the staff, the, the staff, the staffs at both of those bars are just unbelievably amazing. And most of those people I would consider to be my friends, not necessarily people that work right. in the bar that I go to. So, those are on the top of my list for big venues. Um, I think for small, intimate venues, um, the first has to be on the top of that list. Um, I've only been there once. Yeah, I like the first. Um, it's <laughs> I like it because it's a bar that I used to go to when I was. Um, in college, because right. it was a lot of fun. It was I'll t- that was long enough ago that you used to be able to smoke down there. So if you can imagine that place with uh, people smoking, oh. in that, yeah. Um, but again, like we're really tight with the staff there, and that makes it all that more fun. Um, but that's like that place always reminds me of those the basement shows you used to play yeah. with, like your local band. We did one um, in Westchester University. Uh, the Rat Skeller, I think it was called. Oh yeah, and it was down the steps, and we well, went, the Rat Skeller. There's one of those in Penn at Penn State. State. Yeah, we did that one. We played that one at Westchester, and the the bouncers would come up the steps and carry all the equipment down, and that was a full show. That yeah. was speakers, everything. We full show, right? And the bouncers would come up, these big burly college guys, and yeah. they would carry all the stuff down for us. They carried all for us up at the end of the night. Yeah, the. Uh yeah, the first is great just because you're like right up there with the crowd. You're right. not on a big stage. I mean, you're on a stage, but it's it, you know I wouldn't consider it to be a big stage. You know, but the people that you're performing to are right there. Like, you know, the dude listening to me drumming is three feet from me, and I I dig that. It, there's more of a connection. Right. Like on a on, 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 on a visceral level, you know what it used to be to play a, a show. You know, playing in my my old screamo chord band. <laughs> you know, having people rage. It's a lot of fun. Um, and I think the other category has to be sort of casinos and clubs, that kind of thing. Right. Because we do play a, a fair amount of those, and that yeah. hands down has to go to uh, Borgata, the Gypsy Bar. I like the Borgata a lot. I, I used to love going down there. Just for, I mean, I, I think I mentioned it before. I think I, I mentioned it when I was talking to CT. We played a show down there, and uh, Jimmy Fallon was upstairs in the music box, mm-hmm. and there's video on YouTube. Oh, I've seen it, yeah. And Jimmy Fallon comes down, and he's wasted yeah and CT has to keep leaning over and tell him the words of Roadhouse <laughs> that's, Blues that's the one they're playing Roadhouse Blues and he keeps going yes do it again do it again yes. keeps making it, like they get to the end of the song and then he would just make the band play it exactly 
It was um, the Borgata is a lot of fun. Yeah, I like it because it's kind of like what I was saying about the first. You're right there with everybody, yep. but it's also like I, I don't think I've never I, I don't think I've ever had a show there where I haven't had a good time. Yeah, it's, it's the whole vibe of that place is fun. Yeah, it's cool. Like you know, it's it's really small. Like we, they don't even like the drums; they like the kick drum. You know. Yeah, and, it's so small. Yeah, and I just you know, it, it's just a fun place because we do a drop and rock there, which basically means. We have in-ears, but they're, we don't really use... Like, I have just a click in my in-ear. Right. And then we just use wedges and, you know, just play. See, I said it... I, again, I've said this before, too, and it, I, I was talking to CT about it. You guys would have loved Finnegan's Wing. Yeah, you were you were, you were telling me about that. I don't know if I... <laughs> well... Depending on how old I was. It, it, in Rocket's Land, I would have been fine if we had, if we had ever played Finnegan's with Total War. That we might no, have all you died. wouldn't have survived. No, yeah. You would have never survived. Because you know Jimmy now, but to know Jimmy then... That, I've heard that from multiple people. Yeah. I mean, it, again, he's the same guy. He's, he's yeah. a wonderful man. But, but I hear he's calmed down with his insanity. He has calmed down a little bit. It's a lot harder, I guess, to be that crazy in Center City, and it's more business-like there. Yeah. Because you're, like, you're right in the heart of Center City. To, as opposed to where Finnegan's, you were kind of off the path a little bit, and it's way looser right the staff like you said with the staff with with um at the bottle and cork and the runner how you consider them friends i'm friends with all the guys that work there they were it was such a great yeah you always walk in there and it was always hey frank how you doing right hey hey like and then not just here's a beer and walk away and sit there and talk to you for a couple minutes and like that's fun yeah and like that's and that's one big thing you know um with all those bars that i mentioned is that you know these are people that work in these bars that uh you know, I when I'm not working, we hang out. You yeah, know, it's like, exactly. You know, all the girl, all, all the all the rudder girls come out, hang out with us. You know, yeah. crash at their place when we need to. You know, all the guys. You know, we we played at Firestone the other day, and Louie and uh, a bunch of those guys were yeah. out. And, yeah, um, but it's fun, man. Like it, it, playing in a bar that has a cool staff. It doesn't. Let me rephrase that. They don't have to be a cool staff, but one that. You get to know and actually take the time to get to know, which is a big part of this business. Absolutely, being social, um, you know that makes that makes everything more fun. Yeah, I, I get La Costa. Yeah, I mean I could name bars forever or like that. Those exactly. are just those are just places that I got more comfortable with, right? And that I was at more often. I think La Costa, probably most recently for us, has definitely been a big one. Uh, yeah, I would. I, I would. All, I was gonna actually put La Costa in the the other category. Um, with the first, yeah, that's kind of because it's not one of the giant venues, but it's it's another place I feel is sort of home base for the Rockets. Yeah, and unfortunately, this podcast won't be up before the Polar Bear Plunge, but we are recording three days away from the Polar Bear Plunge. I hope I'm alive in three days. Uh well, hopefully you get to hear. Well, this. I'm, a, I'm actually really excited because we, um, I guess, we're playing from two to six, right? Which is right after the plunge. Yes. Because I remember the last time, last year we played the plunge, we played the next set, which was the 7 o'clock set. And by then, people were to the point where they, yeah, you know, they were just, out. yeah, they're tapped out because they've been drinking all day. So I'm excited to, you know, jump in. and See, I don't know if you, if you see, you don't know, you know, you know a lot about me, but my history with the polar bear plunge, <laughs> oh God. I've never made it to Saturday afternoon show. Ever. <laughs> I always, we always played the whole weekend there. Right. So we would go Friday, and then they would go play somewhere, and then come back. I think back we did that something. last year, right? Right. Yeah. I would go down, and I would make it Friday night, and Maziac came down, yeah. and we would get shit-faced Friday yeah. night, because we had a room, and like we would get shit-faced. Yeah. And my dumb fucking ass would get 
sober myself up, make an excuse, and drive home. My, you know what my thing is, and I used to be, and I used to be able to do this in and college and a little bit after college is that I used to be able to like day drink and then yeah. sober up and then go do something I had to do. If I day drink and sober up, I am just a mess. Like I think last year for Polar Bear Plunge, I did that. We were drinking for most of the day. I stopped for like a bunch of hours, and I was definitely sober when I got to the show. But I was it not in a you. good. I was not in a good place. Yeah, it takes you. It takes. And you know, my my my. <laughs> I drank a lot in college, and I drank a lot in Total Whiteout, but I can't drink. I just, I physically can't do it anymore. Like, I think I might drink to get wasted once, maybe twice a month now, whereas, whereas, and it's usually, once a month getting drunk? Yeah. Honestly, uh, this past well, it's all, it, it all, it all, it all depends on your definition of drunk. Mine, and it usually for me occurs at a Pete and Joey acoustic show, too. Yeah, yeah well, that really well. sucked, too, by the way. I will say, I was with you. I, I was feeling the same. Um, drinking during the day and then playing a show at night just makes it awful. That's awful. But I will say, I went, to, uh, I went to Wing Bowl this past weekend, and we did, for all, any, anybody that doesn't know what Wing Bowl is, it's this ridiculous competition in Philadelphia, which is pretty much just an excuse to wake up at 4 in the morning and drink a face-off all day. While you watch other people eat wings yeah. and, and throw up. And before you, before you finish, Pete was Snapchatting. Yes, and, he was. And both of his brothers were Snapchatting yes, all were. day. <laughs> it was so the I'm best. Just, I'm just in real time watching Pete get progressively drunker and drunker and yep. it being closer and closer to the, when we have to leave to go to a show. <laughs> I'm taking bets. I'm like, what is he going to be like when he gets to... Where were we playing that We night? were Firestone. 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 I'm like, Firestone. is he going to make it? And he, he was a trooper. Well, I was saying... I. I I mean, I've been trying to be healthier in general, especially since hockey started again. Um, but I noticed this weekend that I don't think it was necessarily the fact that we're getting older. I just don't think that we're doing it as much anymore. Yeah, maybe. So, so your tolerance is down a little. I, this past weekend, we had, we, I did wing bowl, got really drunk, slept it off during the day, played Firestone. It was one of our good friends' birthday party, so we were drinking again that night. Saturday, a lot of my friends from Penn State were down. The basics were here. And we had oh, the probably the, one of the best shows at Victory and Xfinity is one of my favorite bars. That that, that bar was unbelievable was insane. This oh my God. It, well, all did you guys leave Victory at all? Because all yes. of Xfinity was crazy that night. Really? Yeah, because I went out to the main bar to talk to Ryan. Berg introduced me to Ryan uh, a year or so ago. He he works at one of the little bars out in the main room. I was there twenty minutes waiting for a beer, at least. Oh wow. Yeah, and he came over and he just handed me th- he handed me three beers and he's like, "Just go." Yeah, well, so I'm, I, I'm on I I'm on a no beer kick for the next three months. Three months? Yeah. Oh so I just gosh. started. I just yeah. I just started doing. Um, I t- I did um mixed martial arts with uh, Tiger Shulman's um, for let's see, it was probably about four years. Mm-hmm. Um, when I when I got done college, my best friend Matt, um, he was a black belt and he got me into it. Um. And I stopped right before I started doing the band circuit thing. Um, but recently, uh, recently, you know, we I've just been, you know, I gained like 30 pounds since then. Yeah, and I'm just sure. like, I'm just like, all right, I need to get in shape. And I've been like lifting and working out, but it wasn't anything I could really stick with. And I knew in the back of my mind, if I really wanted to do this, I just had to bite the bullet and go back and do this. Which isn't really biting the bullet, but um, my sensei, uh, Marchand, uh, he's doesn't take any bullshit so if there's one person who could like who i would feel guilty about missing a workout <laughs> it'd be with him 
But we're doing this thing called the 90 day challenge where it's basically um, 90 days of really, really, really strict clean eating. Um, and, you know, I'm not necessarily going to stop drinking, um, but I'm basically drinking, you know, clear alcohol. I was just going to ask you, does that mean wine and shots are on the table? Well, so wine really isn't terrible for you as long as you're not drinking a bottle of red, you know. Right. You know. I don't like red. It's too warm. Yeah. Um, is, I, is I, one, I, you probably know, is one better? Red is better because white has a lot. Has white has more sugar in it. Right. Yeah, white's got like a, white's bitter. Yeah. Right? White, I mean, it depends what kind you get. We could go. I could go off on wine. Right? <laughs> I don't know shit about um, wine. If I'm gonna drink brown liquor, it'll wine it'll be box. a shot. But I'm, you know, I'm literally the only thing I can drink is vodka and soda right now, which means I don't need any shots. Right. Yeah. Drink one or two of those. I'm I'm good. <laughs> so. Yeah, Xfinity was absolutely off the hook. Yeah. That was a good time. Um. So, what's your favorite song to play? Right. Okay. Right now, current, in the current in the current uh, repertoire. <sighs> Did I say that right? Repertoire. Yeah, whatever. I, I Frenched it up a little oui. bit. Oui. Um, like, now, currently, what's your favorite song that the band does that you... Like, when it when you see it coming up in the set, you're like, oh, cool. Um, that's a good question. Well, we just started playing Iris by Goo Goo Dolls, that's which f- is one of my favorite songs to play, um, just for that bridge, because the bridge is fun. Right. Um, CT so th- playing guitar, so yeah. that's cool. So, uh... I like uh, I dig that one. Um, generally, when new songs we play, start playing new songs because you know we play the same songs every night. Yep, different orders, but they're the same stuff. Mm-hmm. So any song is gonna get boring. I still like playing that Paramore song with the cool verse because that <laughs> beat is fun to play. Uh, oh, you know what song I actually really enjoy playing is uh, our our rap medley, our hip hop medley. Yeah, um, because it's like how many songs are in there? Five. The first one. Yeah, the first one. No, it's ten. Ten songs yeah, in that. Yeah. It's the Jimmy Fallon thing. Oh right, yeah. so, um, but yeah, that song is or that medley is a lot of fun because it's a it's a lot of different grooves. Because um, I would classify my drumming as just basically backbeat groove stuff. Right, I don't play anything too fancy. I can't, occasionally I will and we were talking about up. this. Who were we talking about this with? There was one time we were playing. Um, oh, at the studio. Yeah. Um, we were playing a show at Xfinity Live. It was packed to to packed to the brim. So six six to seven hundred people outside. Hold on, can I tell this story? Because you're going to tell it badly. Yeah, you go for it. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. Yeah. Um, I'm a terrible storyteller. Side side note: Pete made probably the worst toast of all time at my wedding, uh, but we'll get to that later. Anyway, hey, at least you remember it. <laughs> yeah, you know what? it's memorable. But I I've never been much of like a showy, flashy drummer. Like I, I'll play some cool fills here and there, but mostly I just stay in the pocket and groove. Um, I also think there's never a time for a fucking drum solo in a, in a cover band scene, ever. We <laughs> haven't done a drum solo in a band. I think the last drum solo, I might be wrong, and I'm sure I'll get, I'll get a message about this later, but I'm pretty sure the last drum solo we did was back in Marco's, not the last time Marco was in the band, but the time before that. Was when it was more the band was more grungy ish. Yeah. Like I that. mean, I'll put it to you this way: I don't like drum solos. Uh, I just don't like them. You don't see uh, many bands doing that anymore, though. Yeah. Either. Well, here's my thing: because I don't like them, I don't practice them. Right. You know, when I sit down and practice, I'm either learning a new song or working on my timing or syncopation, something like that. Right. So anyway, we're at Xfinity Live on the main stage. It's probably it's pretty packed. You know, typical post game Eagles, couple hundred people there. Well, the power goes because we're using our full production. The only thing still making it through are the <laughs> vocal mics and my kit. 
And Derek turns around and goes, Simon, drum solo! No. Meanwhile, we have no idea how long till the power comes back on. And at this point, I can't say no. Right. So I just... I mean, I don't think it was a bad solo. It wasn't I just, bad. Yeah. <laughs> the crowd liked it. Basically, he's hard on himself. He should play more drunk. No, no. It's, it's, it's all smoke and mirrors. For a drunk crowd, if you just play really fast and loud, they'll like it. Yeah. So... So drink that. more when you come out. Right. You want to see Simon do a drum solo? Just get, you know, just drink more, and it'll be awesome. So, what's your? If you could pick any one song to play, what's your favorite song to just sit and play? Overall, out of all the music that there is. Oh, like for not like, rockets do. No, not rockets. Just if if they came to you in one night and said, Simon, we're gonna let you pick a song this week for us to practice. What's your favorite song? Wow, that's play. a tough question. Yeah. Um, well. Let me think about it. Do I have to currently know how to play it, or is it one yeah. that I could like yeah, learn? It's a how song to play? that you want to. Your what? favorite song? Yeah, I guess, Pete. Definitely something dirty loose. Well, I don't think that counts. <laughs> I mean, that'd be awesome, but um, I'd love to give that a shot. I really want to, and I've been working on it a little bit, but I'm trying to get. So, one of my favorite drummers, I have a lot of them, but one of them is Carter Buford, uh, right. obviously. Yeah. Um, his hi hat work, which anyone will tell you, is just amazing, and I've been trying to sort of learn the style not necessarily exactly how he does it but right. just the style and so I've been working on a lot so the, the song that I've been grooving to with that recently has been uh, number 41 oh, I mean, Dave would love us to do that yeah, again we did that once before and it was alright my, my thing about doing that song is I wouldn't want to do it till I could really nail it because I feel yeah. like the the groove, the groove that's in that song really makes that song what it is I don't know if that song would go over anymore, yeah me but that's still just a fun song I love that it's one of my favorite Dave songs yeah. but there's that um, Dave Matthews yeah I'm trying to think if there's any other songs that I would just like love to reach out to um, I, 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 I tend to steer towards those emotional songs where I could just beat the crap out of the drums and not really have to think about it like emo shit I don't even know necessarily emo oh, shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bonus mosh part two. Yeah. Um, you know, um, think sort of like 30 Seconds to Mars type okay. anthemic right. loud stuff. Or um, I just, the song I was playing a lot recently just to like warm my hands up like when I go to practice is uh, Welcome Home from, um, okay. you know, from Coheed. Yeah. yeah. But stuff like that, like big heavy drum stuff, that kind of thing, so... I, I don't like Coheed. I we saw them. Dave took us up to uh, the Meadowlands, not the Meadowlands, uh, the Prudential Center, Soundgarden. Soundgarden got back together for the first time in like right. fourteen years or something. So me, him, Christian, and a couple people went up, and Coheed opened, and I just I was like, eh. yeah. My thing, my thing with Coheed is I definitely like them. I'm not as infatuated with them as some people that I know like right. of all the comic books and stuff like that. They have comic books. Yeah, all all their albums are based on like, like these graphic novels. Okay, then that's kind of cool. Though. I mean, it, it is, is cool. That's, that that sounds kind of cool. That, that's different. I, you know what? You know what? This sounds totally um, horrible, and it's not meant to. And but the uh, <laughs> no, it sounds very diva of me, and it's not meant to. But the their, I think it was it wasn't their first album. What's the album that has their their big hit on it? Um, Coheed. Yeah. This is how big of a Coheed fan I am right now. I don't know. But there, um, that's one with Welcome Home on it. No, the one before that, the boom, 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 boom. John Kennedy, if you're listening, yeah, help. You know what song I'm talking about, right? There, yeah. The, the, the recording quality on that album and the sounds of the drums really bug me on that album, and I don't know why. It just that's like the symbols on them. 
New Found Glory? Oh, God. <laughs> it's, it's a weird, like, thing of mine that, like, there's some albums that have these drum sounds that nec- I don't necessarily think are bad. They just bug me. The Coheed's one of them. The New Found Glory album with My Friends Over You. Really, the hi-hat. Go listen to that album and tell me that the hi-hat symbol isn't way too goddamn loud. <laughs> listen to that album and then go to the Facebook page, Let's Be Frank, and leave a comment for Simon, and he'll see it. The hi hat's too loud. Trust me. <laughs> that's how we get. That's how we get page likes and page comments off is by doing stupid <laughs> shit like that. See how we work that in? Yeah, I like it. Um, so you just recently had a nice big trip, little vacation. Yes. You went to Japan. I did. The fetish capital of the world. Only saw a little bit of that, but <laughs> definitely saw some of it. Yes. How was the trip? Trip was unbelievable. What was the most? What was it? What were you over there to do? Actually, um, get to that first. My dad was there speaking at a conference. Um, in That's a, awesome. In addition to that, um, I play in, as as does Pete and Joey, um, we play with a band that uh, my dad plays piano and keyboards in, um, and it's actually made up of almost all doctors. Um, right. It's called Baby Blues Sound Collective. Didn't you guys just win something? Yeah, we just won. Um, we played at the Keswick um, for like a Battle of the Bands kind of thing, and we won something called Rock MD, um, which was... Um, Basically, I think, how many bands were there? Four or five? Yeah, five, I think. Everyone had to submit music online. Um, I think there were a lot of submissions. And then they picked the top five to go and actually compete. Was it original judges. music? Or? Well, you didn't have to do original music. Right. And you didn't have to have all doctors. You just had to have one doctor per band. Okay. I think we had 12 in our band. <laughs> we had the biggest band. Yeah, we had... Our the band was... It's, a, it's a big band. It's a 15... I mean, yeah. it's a collective. So there's... I think there's over 30 members, but at any one time, there's only, you know, 12 to 15. But um, it was WMGK, and uh, we ended up winning. Um, But anyway, so the other perk to going to Japan was most of the doctors that are in this band go and speak at these meetings. So we did a performance while we were there. We actually did two performances while we were there. Um, But it is all, it's, um, for the most part, it's all original compositions. and we play a couple standards um, right. and a couple like pop covers, but uh, we didn't actually. We Pete, Joey, and I were just in the studio on Monday and Tuesday of this week. Yeah, I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask show. if did you have? Is there something coming up for that? Or uh, yeah, well, actually, we're playing. Um, the Rockets are playing an event called the Sweethearts Ball on February twentieth. It's open to the public, but it's a charity event, so it's it's pricey, but um, you right. can get info for that. We'll be pushing that out on the Rockets Facebook page shortly. Um, but it's a charity event for congenital heart disease, okay. um, and it's that's something that my dad has worked in for a long time. It's also something that hits home with the band community because that's uh, Joey DeNoble, <coughs> if you guys know him, who just had surgery for yes. a congenital heart disorder. Um, but... Um, I lost my train of thought now. Oh, Japan. Japan. Yeah. Yes. So we were there, so we did a couple performances. Um, and then, you know, every couple of years, um, my family will take a big trip. Sort of, if my dad gets invited to one of these conferences, somewhere that we want to go, you know, right. we'll, make, we, we'll make like two weeks out of it. So last time was we did Australia, which was about, which was 2006. So, I mean, it's really every 10 years <laughs> at this point. <laughs> um, but yeah, we did two weeks in Japan. We did, uh, it was my parents, myself, and my wife, Magda, and we did, um, we were in Kyoto. Um, we were in Osaka, but not for much time, because that was where we actually did the gigs, and then right. it bounced. Um, then we did Tokyo, and then, uh, my wife's going to kill me because I'm spacing out on the name of the other place, but we stayed in a, um, in a sort of traditional Japanese uh, like living space, I guess you'd call it, with all the, small. the floors. Well, it wasn't small. It was... 
it, it was it had hot springs in our room, oh, so that was kind of oh, cool. Um, but yeah, it was the trip was amazing. I go to Wildwood for vacation. <laughs> and to Japan. Hey, it's every ten years, and hot springs in the room. That's why I'm, I'm cultured. Lucky I work, I'm lucky if I get a working <laughs> refrigerator <laughs> in my hotel room. Um, <laughs> you just need to get out of Delco. I think it'll be good. I don't live in Delco. I thought you were from Delco. God, fuck no. Mm. Pardon me to all my Delco people. <laughs> no, I live in Northeast Philly. I'm up. Oh, I'm you're in Easter. All right. Yeah, I'm up. I'm up in the. Everyone, everyone who, everyone is going to kill me for saying that Neisters and Delco people are close enough, but no, totally different. <laughs> totally, totally, totally different. different. You're totally right. Yeah, totally different. We have teeth. I'm kidding again, <laughs> <laughs> my Delco friends. <laughs> CT might punch me in the neck on that one. So please go on to Let's Be Frank Facebook <laughs> and post a comment about what you think about Frank talking about Delco people. And Delco people not having teeth. Um, CT's losing his mind right now. CT's probably really upset. <laughs> so what Marcus if... Hook? <laughs> love the hook. Love Chad's the hook. Ford, <laughs> love the hook. From Hook to Chad's Ford. If you could sit down... And have I, I asked Pete this one? Pete liked this one. If you could sit down and have dinner or a drink with three musicians, dead or alive, who would you sit down with? John Bonham. I like that. Um, I want to say Hendrix, but I don't. I don't know because um, he had to, has to be a drummer first. But I think other musicians. I don't want to say I don't want to be stereotypical and just say like John Lennon or something like that, but I definitely think John Bonham is number one. Um, let's see, you're just gonna have to edit out a bunch of the space. Yeah, I do, I do that anyway. Um, so John Bonham. Hmm. Did I ask you musicians or did I ask you people? You said musicians. I said musicians. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think other influences. Um, Not even just influences, but who would you just want to sit down and pick their brain? Like, just you—you got, you have the chance to sit down and talk to any three musical people from the whole history of the world. Who would you want to just sit down oh, and well pick that their is, brain? That was up. Yeah, John Bonham is still my first absolute answer. Um, I think that um, Miles Davis would have to go second. That's a good one. Um, and then. I want to say Buddy Rich, but everyone tells me he's an asshole. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Um, those are the only two that I could think of off the top of my head that I would want to really, like, hang out with and pick uh, their that's, brain. That's um, cool. Yeah. I like, the, I like the Miles Davis one. Cool yeah. All right, so we're going to bring Pete in for a minute because by the time this posts... I just got here. Hey, guys. <laughs> By the time this post, you want to come sit over here? You could probably. He's 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 probably sit, he's going to sit on my lap. That's cool. Sorry, Jay. <laughs> Santa. Much better, Mike. Yeah. Um, you guys have a huge event coming up that you guys played with Total Whiteout. You did play with Total Whiteout, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And we just started playing. Last year was our first year there at Thon. Yep. The Penn State thing. Now, I don't know a whole lot about Thon. I didn't go last year. I'm going this year. Explain what that is, because I know you guys are going to have some Penn State people listening. What is THON to those that don't know what it is? Um, well, in general, it's a student-run philanthropy. It's actually the largest one. Is it the, the country or the world? I believe the country, but definitely yeah, the country. Don't quote I think. me on that. It's, it, it raises money for pediatric cancer. Um, it's an incredible event. What it is is 
there's approximately 700 dancers. I'm putting that in quotes. Um, quotes. And what you do is... You can't see air quotes. This is is radio. This is not a video podcast? There's no... Not yet. We'll get to that that in the future. Um, And what you do is um, every organization, it's all based on like how much you donate and la la la. I mean, there's a lot of politics involved with it, but in in the end, it's all for a really great cause. Um, So what it is, is for your dancer, you, you go on Friday night and it starts around six, I believe. And you go on to the floor of the Bryce Jordan Center, which at Penn State is their big arena. Um, they clear the whole floor out and every dancer has to stay standing and dancing. Um, and like I put in quotes earlier, dancing is a loose term. You, at, by the end of it, you're just standing still. Um, but you have to stay up for 46 hours straight. 46? 46. So it's, it's Sunday. Jesus. Uh, yeah, Friday 6 to Sunday at 4. And they broadcast it live on the web, right? Broadcast it live on the web. Um, anyone's welcome to go in and out. Um, they obviously have capacity issues at the... at the. There's not an admission thing? or No, it doesn't cost any money. You can literally... I mean, they have security checkpoints, but that's about right. the only... And that's just literally mostly a capacity thing. And it's not like a big drinking thing, is it? No, alcohol it's is It's not a drinking thing at all. Uh, it's, okay. very fr- it's very much frowned upon. Right. Um, and it, sh- and it should be because right. it's, it's, there's a lot of kids there if it's all family oriented and, and things like that. It's just one of the greatest events, uh, uh, music and uh, cover band thing aside, um, my fraternity actually had always had a very big part in it and it's still to this day one of the greatest, most fun events that I've ever been a part of. And they have what? They have bands and then they have other different they acts? Have, they or? have so much entertainment. I mean, they do things from like they have, uh, I mean, cover bands play there and... I'll say it's still one of my favorite shows. I mean, just the pure emotion and the audience and the size of it, it's just one of the best shows to play. I think in addition to the amount of people, um, the cool thing is that everyone, because everyone's there for a good cause, everyone is sort of unified in a really good mood. It's very positive, yeah. So so they're pretty much, they'll, I mean, they're going to like any kind of music. Right. Um, It's fine, they're receptive. And because there's no alcohol... It's kind of a different show, so normally things that like, like the drunk anthems and stuff, and sometimes those things don't work as much as like other songs as that are slower. Right. Like, like we we played um, we played a Coldplay song a couple of years ago, and we were worried that it was too slow and there wasn't enough energy. But since like he Simon just said, it's very positive and good mood. As long as that is an uplifting message, everyone just kind of like came together right. and wants to sing a little. Definitely bit. that. We played "Fix You" in front of you know fourteen, fifteen thousand people, and they were all singing. Definitely top three musical moments of my life. I yeah. think. When when are you guys playing? What we can not cannot tell you. <laughs> oh really? Um, if you want to know, just ask any one of us personally, and we'll be happy. To oh, play. I didn't know that. Yeah. So the problem is, the dancers are not supposed to know what time it is. Ah. Uh, so if I we gotcha. tell people if we release what time we're playing, then anyone who's dancing that sees it when we come on will know exactly what time it is. Gotcha. Yeah. So at some point over the weekend, you just pay attention to the web feed right they brought like pizza they broadcast it live the whole weekend right. yeah i mean if you guys private message us or anything like that yeah um we can tell you we just can't make it public right yeah um that is the they the raise the money for what again pediatric cancer pediatric cancer and uh a good friend of ours uh just uh, had his nephew pass away yes with uh, so this is definitely cancer. it definitely hits home for the the Rockets family As, especially the whole, the whole Starfield family really especially yeah. this year so Gary if you happen to listen to this anybody in Gary's family uh, our hearts and prayers go out to you guys uh, and this show absolutely has way more meaning than 
uh, previous years. Yeah, I think I think we're definitely all going to try to get and wear some Team Joey uh, gear Something for that. this. I think yeah. it's definitely. Yeah, I think that would be. Yeah. I think that would be an awesome thing. In fact, thank you for reminding me. I got to reach out to Gary about that. Yes. Um, um. So yeah, in general, aside from the music, they have everything from pep rallies. They have this thing where they have all the sports teams come up and they do like a little skit competition. Like a couple of years ago, the hockey team did like reenactment of like Tarzan or something, <laughs> and the goalie was Tarzan because he was the only one that could do a split. Phenomenal. <laughs> um, yeah, and they they have games like they have people they make like the slip and slides things that they have the dancers do. Oh, yeah, yeah, and they have awesome events for the kids. It's such a fun. I mean, literally, if you go there, it, you would just feel like a kid again. That's the whole theme of the. the, um, the Dave Dave reached out to me about coming up this year. I'm going to come up and I think I'm going to do a show from there with you guys, like different guys during like before, maybe a little before, maybe yeah. get you after it, like the whole mood of it. And just, I mean, it sounds like something you have to experience at least once. Absolutely. If, you, if you're close, any ties to Penn State or any family that has gone through troubles with pediatric cancer... I highly recommend going because it's just a huge, amazing community of people up there, and it's just a f- great family-oriented event, and it's a lot of fun. That's good. Uh, now, as as we wind it down, uh, re-sign Bradford? <laughs> no. no. Re-sign Bradford? Absolutely not. No? No, he's not worth the money. I don't oh think he's God. bad. I just don't think he's worth the money that we could save, you know. I have to have it on the Eagles notes. What about Peters? You keep Peters? Yeah, yeah I think definitely keep Peters. Keep Peters. Keep, keep Peters. Keep, uh, what else did I hear on the radio? We just signed uh, a linebacker. We just re-signed. I, I like that move. Did we sign a linebacker? We no. re-signed a... Not a linebacker. I know I know they were talking about D'Amico Ryans, whether or not that they should re-sign him or not. Or not re-sign, but keep him. I haven't been... How's his injury? I haven't been up to date with I him. don't know. I, I, and I listen to sports talk here and there but it gets so like I want to shoot my brains out with the I get I get all of my sports information from notifications on my phone um, JT and and the very beginning of the Preston and Steve podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah but most of JT's are angry yeah, well, I I will say I will <laughs> say flyers. Yeah, but hey, hey, I'll tell you the JT's Eagles predictions are ninety five percent always right. No, he's pretty. He's, he's I, good. I, I'll give it to him, and eventually one of these days I'm going to get him on as a guest when he's not sick. Yeah, <laughs> love yeah. you, Jay. <laughs> No, he's he's not, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if he was 100 percent this year, but I I know last season we we you know be getting ready to play pregame. He'd be like, we ain't winning this game. And I'm like, yes, we are, and he would always they win, would so. lose. Yeah. Now I think I think they, I think they're going to get rid of Sanchez and Bradford. They're going to bring in um, Nick Foles. No, <laughs> that's God, not that would happen. be an awful move. I'm finding a new football team. They happens. would. They're going to bring in somebody as a free agent, sign a cheap backup. They're going to end up tanking this year, and they're going to get a quarterback next year because there's no one really to get this year. There's nothing coming that's true. out. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I like drafting a quarterback. I think is our best option. Honest to God. I'm kind of a little excited for the Phillies. I, I, I am kind of a little excited Honest for the to God, honest to God, I have been paying zero attention to anything Phillies related. Yeah, well, it's just that they moved more to an analytical f- way of doing things. So totally, they're... bro. <laughs> and if it's not that, You can see how much into baseball I am, right? If it's not that, it's the Flyers. Or, probably the only time ever I'll be able to chime in with basketball stuff, Ben Simmons with the Sixers coming up. Who? 
Ben Simmons, he's the new uh, rookie prospect, right? Because because of <laughs> the fact because, JT, I need your help. because of the fact <laughs> that I'm white and Jewish, I am not into basketball whatsoever. <laughs> I'm not into basketball either. I, I know who Okafor is, and I, I know, know who he is not because of basketball. I actually, I'll, I'll, I'll say shockingly, I've hated basketball pretty much my entire life. Um, not hated it, just it just never did anything for me. But ever since I got back into hockey, the similarities are are way more prevalent than I thought they were. So it's actually kind of fun to watch it. And my my both my brothers love it, and my one of my best friends loves it too. Um, so they've been trying to get me to watch it, and it's kind of it's kind of fun. Oh. It's exciting. I like when it comes down to the clock, like the game we played against um, a couple nights ago. We just lost by like three points. It wasn't Golden State. Sacramento was it? No, we. Oh, that was last night. We just last lost night we were winning almost the whole game, and we tanked at the end. Tanked. Number one pick. Got to get it. Dan and sports. Enough sports talk. <laughs> So, um, uh, we're going to edit this out as I'm trying to think of what Boobies! I'm going to I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> Nigger! That's not what I'm All right, so I'll be listening to this at work and editing all the way up to here. You need a bunch of outtakes. <laughs> outtakes is... So, That's uh, what I said. Maybe I'll save, maybe I'll save some of this for the outtakes. I'm going to definitely... We could definitely have time for, like, one more question. Definitely. Well, I'm going to wind it out. And instead of asking you a question, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have you give all your social media information as I wind it out. Um, we do this. We, we're doing this weekly right now. I'm trying to get it more on a bi-weekly schedule, but right now it's moving pretty good weekly. Once we get to the summer, it's going to go bi-weekly or even longer because it's going to be hard to get you guys in the summertime. Pete's going to be drunk the whole summer anyway, so it's you know he's going to be useless for this. <laughs> You're was the alcoholic and the stoner. So, I want to thank everybody for listening. Simon, you uh, want to give out your social media plugs and sure. your grinder um, account? Well, I am Simon Warnofsky on Twitter. Um, if you can spell that last name, awesome. If not, you can find us at the Rockets. Um, I am Simon J J Y Drums on Instagram. And I'm S. Warnofsky on Twitter. And then I also need to take two seconds to give a shout-out to um, Dark Horse Percussion, TRX Symbols, um, Symbolt, and Drum Tax um, for all their help with social media and retweeting and reposting my stuff and making awesome equipment um, that has made my life a lot easier uh, as a drummer. Awesome. I'm not asking Pete for his stuff again because everybody knows Pete's Grinder account and... MacDaddy55. Yeah, now he has the worst Instagram handle of all time, though. No, I changed it back. Oh, did you? Okay. Did you? All right. <laughs> all right. Try, they, were try, they, they, spent like, they spent a solid three seconds trying to think of something that involved the rocket, so that turned into Pete on a rocket. Pete in a rocket. Oh, Pete in a rocket. On yeah. a rocket would have been cool. You'd be like riding it. That's true. That'd be pretty cool. That would have been cool. <laughs> yeah. A little red but, rocket? Rocket. Red yeah. rocket. I, I'm, I'm pretty happy you changed that back. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, you can find the band at rocketsband.com, Instagram, Facebook. All you got to do is look for the Rockets Band. They're everywhere. Blackpeoplemeet.com. Christianmingle.com. We are America's greatest cover band. <laughs>